Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the May 5th, 2023 Friday reading of the Ark Valley Voice News Program. My name is Michelle Wexler. Today we will be reading the following main articles. Salida City Council Considers Food Carts on F Street Plaza, written by Elliot Jackson. Chafee Housing Authority Charts Course with Four Point Plan, written by Jan Wundra. USDA Colorado Leaders to Highlight New Partnership to Reduce Water Use, Protect Water Quality, written by Arc Valley Voice staff and CHA Board Votes to Select New Executive Director from Its Ranks, written by Jan Wundra, and following up with miscellaneous articles. We begin with the first article, Salida City Council Considers Food Carts on F Street Plaza, this posted by Elliot Jackson. Ordinance and resolutions pass unanimously. At their regular meeting on May 2nd, the Salida City Council, SCC, considered and passed on final reading Ordinance 2023-05, establishing criteria for small cell facilities. Resolution 2023-22, establishing fees for cell facilities. Resolution 2023-23 for the seasonal pedestrian plaza on F Street, including laying out procedures for businesses to apply for outdoor liquor licensing. Resolution 2023-24, setting development service rates for collecting inclusionary housing in lieu fees. And Resolution 2023-25, allowing camping in Marvin Park for FIBARC contestants, all passed with no material discussion. Enlivening the F Street Pedestrian Plaza. During consideration, the only matter that engendered much in the way of discussion was Resolution 2023-23 regarding the F Street Pedestrian Plaza. After Mayor Dan Shore invited him to address the council, Treasurer Merrill Bergen, doffing his city-elected official's hat, moved to the public lectern and responded as a private citizen and 18-year resident of downtown Salida. Bergen made the case for allowing small carts offering handheld foods to operate on F Street during the seasonal F Street Plaza. I'm trying to think of new things to do, he explained. After three years, the concept of the F Street Plaza is a little tired, so we should add some new things. I think encouraging new entrepreneurs, particularly young people, is a good way to go. I want to remind people of the hot discussions we had with brick-and-mortar restaurant and bar businesses about food carts, said Councilmember Harold Casper. He continued, The F Street Plaza is underutilized. Food carts would not be a real competition to restaurants offering sit-down meals. I'm hoping perspective has changed since last year. Discussion then turned to how one specific clause in the current resolution would have to change to allow for independent food card operators operating under a permit and purview granted to the F Street business owners themselves. 
While the majority of council members visibly appeared to support Bergen's justification, let's do a little outreach to business owners, suggested council member Dominique Nacarato. Are we tabling a discussion for the night? asked Bergen. I recommend approving as is, said City Administrator Drew Nelson. We can amend it later. Councilmember Alyssa Pappenfort made the motion to approve, and the motion carried unanimously. In other business, Mayor Dan Shore read proclamations recognizing May 14th as Arbor Day and May 2023 as Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Council and Mayor Reports Council members reflected back on citizen comments from resident Jim Miller and Sackett Avenue bar owner T.W. Chief Winston about perceived parking issues around town. In addition, they heard a complaint by Stephen Young of unforeseen discrimination against people with disabilities for placement at temporary worker housing in the city's Safe Outdoor Spaces SOS program at Centennial Park last year. Councilmember Casper also announced that he would soon be moving a few hundred feet outside of the limits of Ward 3 to county land, but offered to carry out his term to its limit in 2025 if allowed. That story, Salida City Council considers food carts on F Street Plaza. And next up in the news, Chafee Housing Authority charts course with four-point plan. This posted by Jan Wundra. Yesterday, the Chafee Housing Authority, CHA, made it official, announcing that they have selected Ashley Capel of Buena Vista as the new leader of the CHA, a story covered by Arc Valley Voice. Capel has been a CHA board member for the past year, where she served as chair of the Development Committee. On that committee, she spearheaded a number of projects, including the development of a Special Limited Partnership SLP program. This program, when fully implemented, will allow the CHA to incentivize developers to build deed-restricted affordable housing rental units for the community in exchange for sales and property tax abatement, with the authority becoming a minority owner of the projects to ensure long-term affordability. Capel says she is enthusiastic about her new post. It is a distinct honor to lead the Chafee Housing Authority and help take the organization to the next level. We all need to roll up our sleeves and work together as a community to solve the affordable housing crisis in Chafee County. The hiring agreement was dated April 24th, and plans are for Capel to meet county stakeholders as one of her first orders of business. Following this, the CHA announced today that it is organizing two informal meet-and-greets, one in Salida and the other in Buena Vista, to allow the community to meet Capel and the CHA board. The dates have not yet been set. The transition to new leadership coincides with the move from a startup to a fully functioning quasi-governmental entity. The CHA says it envisions a community with housing opportunities that are affordable for all residents. We envision a workforce that can live locally and fully participate in our community, contributing to a strong and resilient economy. 
As it works toward that goal, the CHA reiterates its four-point plan to address Chafee's housing crisis to the residents of Chafee County. One, change government policies to make affordable housing more attainable for renters and homeowners. CHA's advocacy and policy goal to represent the housing needs of Chafee County residents, namely low-income households, moderate-income households, and people employed by Chafee County employers in policy and strategy discussions at the federal, state, and local levels. CHA will focus on equity and justice when building housing coalitions. Two, build significantly more housing units, especially rentals, to meet the needs of local workers, seniors, and families. CHA's housing development goal, to contribute to the construction of permanently affordable housing units in Chafee County through public-private partnerships. Three, establish and support local programs, rental assistance, homeless prevention, and rapid rehousing for community members facing housing insecurities. CHA's Housing Stability Program goal to establish, operate, or promote local programs that will provide housing stability to Chafee County residents. Four, build a sustainable organization with the mandate, expertise, and financing to address affordable housing. CHA's organizational development goal to operate the organization with the utmost professionalism, financial responsibility, and transparency. That story, Chafee Housing Authority, charts course with four-point plan. And next up, USDA, Colorado leaders to highlight new partnership to reduce water use, protect water quality. This posted by Arc Valley Voice staff. The U.S. Department of Agriculture, USDA, and the state of Colorado are partnering to strengthen their Conservation Reserve Enhancement Program, CREP, which exists to conserve critical natural resources. A signing ceremony to cement the program is set for 10.30 a.m. Monday, May 8th at the Colorado State Capitol, located at 200 East Colfax Avenue in Denver. The CREP program goal is relatively straightforward, to support and empower Colorado's agricultural producers and landowners in reducing consumptive water use and protecting water quality while conserving critical natural resources. Several federal and state-level leaders are attending, including Colorado U.S. Senator Michael Bennett, with USDA's Farm Service Agency FSA Administrator Zach Deschenu, and FSA Colorado State Executive Director Kent Pepler, Colorado Department of Natural Resources Director Dan Gibbs, Colorado Department of Agriculture Commissioners Kate Greenberg, and the Colorado Division of Water Resources. This region already has an example of agricultural reduction of consumptive water use. In December 2022, Arc Valley Voice reported on a project in the San Luis Valley. Colorado Open Lands, COL, successfully completed a pilot groundwater conservation easement on the 1,800-acre Peachwood Farms in the San Luis Valley, owned by Gail and Ron Bowman. This easement permanently keeps groundwater in the confined aquifer, meeting the foreseeable sustainability needs of Subdistrict 4 of the Rio Grande Water Conservation District. 
How this new program will play out remains to be seen, but it appears to have the support of the necessary government agencies. That story USDA Colorado leaders to highlight new partnership to reduce water use, protect water quality. Also in the news, CHA board votes to select new executive director from its ranks. This posted by Jan Wondra. Questions about quasi-governmental transparency as it announces Ashley Capel as new ED. The Chafee Housing Authority, CHA, met last week and again on May 2nd and made what many might consider a less-than-transparent move regarding their selection of a new executive director. After coming out of an hour-long April 20th executive session, the CHA board voted on an executive director. But without having told the only news media representative who had been at the meeting that that was their intent, they voted to select fellow board member Ashley Capel as the new executive director. This morning, in a draft announcement, board chair Craig Nielsen praised Capel's hire, saying Capel brings a unique and varied professional background to this position, which we believe will be an excellent match for the challenges and complexity of the position. She has an extensive nonprofit background and a comprehensive skill set, including real estate, legal, and strategic planning. We are excited to welcome Capel to the organization and look forward to supporting and working with her closely as the organization transitions out of startup mode to full operations, program expansion, and affordable housing development, he added. Aside from the fact that this April 20th vote would appear to breach standard public meeting rules for a quasi-governmental authority, the CHA had provided no earlier updates to the public about the process for what is arguably one of the most important positions in the county. This lack of transparency is not the normal process. That the CHA was down to a single candidate had not been announced. This makes the actual description of the executive session, as written, nebulous. It could refer to Capel or some other candidate she was presenting. Those who were present on the CHA board, and they weren't all there, came out and voted on a single candidate for the executive director position. No public or news media were present, nor was the actual intent of a final vote communicated. Following the departure of Executive Director Becky Gray, the CHA board appointed Jeff Eaton as interim director while they continued what we were told was a national search for Gray's replacement. Apparently, that search did not yield qualified candidates. Now, Capel, who is from Buena Vista, might be well-qualified, even spectacularly so. The draft release obtained by AVV notes that Capel was a commercial real estate attorney for a decade, then a sole practitioner. She has worked with marginalized populations as a teacher in New Jersey and Denver before directing an alternative teacher training program for Teach for America Colorado. The release notes that she has served on several nonprofit boards, homeowners associations, and even on the board of a charter school. But some might say that the lack of transparency for a role so vitally important to this county is worrisome. 
During the April 28th celebration for the Jane's Place housing project, CHA board chair Craig Nielsen hinted that the board had made a hiring decision, but gave no further public information. Arc Valley Voice learned that until we spoke with a Chafee County commissioner on April 26th, asking if they had been informed of the CHA hiring vote, the Board of County Commissioners, a major funding source for the CHA operations, was unaware of it and has not met Capel. If this is true, and no one has refuted it yet, this could leave some members of the community asking questions like, what was the process? Why wasn't the process communicated to the public? Is there an official sign-off from the local governments funding the CHA? And if not, should there be? The CHA is a quasi-governmental but independent entity that receives local government funding from Chafee County and the municipalities of Salida and Buena Vista. The executive director of the Chafee Housing Authority is a county employee. Nielsen confirmed that the vote occurred April 20th. Then the CHA involved the county. Chafee has no human resources director, but that role is filled by Director of Finance Dan Short. I got the ball rolling with the county. They don't have a personnel department. It's been a learning curve for sure. I roped in Short, got the next steps, which took about a week. Then we got a signed hiring letter, which was backdated to April 24th. Why was not explained. The only piece left is scheduling the orientation the county does for all their employees, said Nielsen. Asked about their communications process, Nielsen said that the CHA has a communications committee that puts out all their messaging and hoped he would have a press release sometime soon and agreed that it had been several days since AVV first learned of this vote. He added that this morning, I'm doing an email message today, May 3rd, to the electeds from Chafee County, the town of Buena Vista, and the city of Salida to inform them. It should be pointed out that these are the funding governments for the CHA, and the elected officials represent the public. Perhaps Gray's obvious credentials and the very public manner of her selection for the role meant that the process around her hiring was more public. But this current series of events is an obvious departure from hiring transparency. Having just received a draft written confirmation of of Capel's selection, we're looking forward to hearing more about her background, education, and experience to share with the public. Perhaps a meet and greet such as was done when Gray became the final candidate for the housing director position might become a good next step. Editor note, AVV followed up with CHA Chair Craig Nielsen today, and he confirmed that it has been time-consuming dealing with the county. That story, CHA Board votes to select new executive director from its ranks. Also in the news, Morphew seeks $15 million in damages for being wrongfully accused of murder. This posted by Jan Wondra. The drama surrounding the disappearance of Chafee wife and mother Suzanne Morphew got even more convoluted this week, as her husband, Barry Morphew, filed a civil rights lawsuit against the 11th Judicial District, the Chafee County Sheriff's Office, the FBI, and the Colorado Bureau of Investigation, 
claiming that he was wrongfully charged with her murder. He is filing for a $15 million settlement, blaming the sheriff for irreparably tarnishing his name and reputation with a conspiracy to violate his state and federal constitutional rights with the failed murder investigation. Suzanne Morphew disappeared on Mother's Day 2020. Her husband was charged with her murder in May 2021 by the 11th Judicial District Attorney Linda Stanley. During the months leading up to the trial, which was scheduled for last May, defense attorneys repeatedly hammered the prosecution for not delivering discovery documents in a timely manner. Then, after the trial was moved out of Chafee County, the judge ruled that a significant portion of the case related to spousal abuse and could not be admitted as evidence. That finally led the DA's office to withdraw their case, and Morphew walked free. The list of accusations is quite stupendous. He alleges malicious prosecution, unlawful detention, fabrication of evidence, reckless investigation, failure to intervene, and conspiracy. His life is ruined, says Morphew, because law enforcement and prosecutors accused him in an affidavit filled with falsehoods, material omissions, inaccuracies, and misleading statements. The lawsuit was filed Tuesday, May 2nd in the U.S. District Court for the District of Colorado by Fisher and Byrielson, PLLC, Samler and Whitson, PC, and Eitan Law, LLC. The list of defendants named in the civil case is practically a who's who of anyone in courts or law enforcement that ever touched the case. Deputy District Attorney Jeffrey Lindsay and Deputy District Attorney Mark Hurlbert, prosecutors in the DA's office. It includes the Chafee County Sheriff's Department, Sheriff John Spezza, Detective Robin Burgess, Deputy Randy Caracato, Deputy Scott Hemshoot, Sergeant Claudette Hisjulian, Sergeant William Plackner, Sheriff's Office Investigators, Colorado Bureau of Investigation Agents John Camper, Joseph Cahill, Megan Dug, Caitlin Rogers, Derek Graham, Kevin Kobach, Kirby Lewis, FBI Agents Jonathan Grusing and Kenneth Harris, and 1-10 to 10, John or Jane Doe's. As a result of the defendant's conduct, Barry was charged, arrested, and prosecuted, and his property seized for a crime he did not commit, read the filing. Never mind that his wife vanished on a bicycle ride and never returned. His suit says that the case against him was never proved. Indeed, it never went to trial. That story, Morphew seeks $15 million in damages for being wrongfully accused of murder. And finally, local destination imagination student finalists head to global competition. The Smarties outsmart regional and state competitors and head to the global competitions. Five homeschooled girls from Chafee County have won first place in the Destination Imaginations Regional Competition in Colorado, and they won again in the state tournament in Pueblo in March for the Elementary K-5 Fine Arts Challenge. They also won special achievement awards at both tournaments. Now they are getting ready for the global competition in Kansas City coming up in May. 
The Smarties are presently engaged in fine-tuning their performance and problem-solving skills and are deeply engaged in fundraising in preparation for their travel to Globals, said Brian Leuenberger, parent of team member Danielle Leuenberger. The five girls called themselves the Smarties. The team consists of Danielle Leuenberger, 9, 3rd grade, River Miller, 9, 3rd grade, Charlotte Molitor, 9, 3rd grade, Kate Molitor, 6, 1st grade, and Lillian Molitor, 11, 5th grade. Destination Imagination is a STEAM, Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, and Math competition for school children. Students form teams and each team is presented with a multifaceted problem. Over the course of five months, they have to solve the problem using STEAM concepts. Creativity counts. Once they have their solution, they have to create a performance to present their solution. That presentation is made to a panel of judges at each level of competition, local, state, and global level tournaments. The Smarties developed a solution under the category of the arts, and this year the Destination Imagination Directive was to flip the script. Their solution focused on the theme of the retelling of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but from the viewpoint of the Oompa Loompa character. This has been a months-long project. The team began working on their solution last October. And that's all we have time for. Thank you for joining us for the Ark Valley Voice News Program. My name is Michelle Wexler. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.